0: I love bundles because they love me so much. And I love bums because you know they're going to touch my soul. You know. That was my bundle song, Whitney, because I'm excited about this new vegan bundle we're part of. So I had to sing it.
1: I, I was really hoping that you were going to rhyme like bundle with trundle or like some crazy words like you do, like when you rhymed purple with derpal. I like it when you do zany things like that. And I appreciate you making this fun because. This is our intro for an announcement we have about participating in the plant-based bundle this year, which is happening for a limited time. We decided to submit our course, the consistency code to this incredible bundle sale mainly because we wanted to remind you that we have a course called The Consistency Code in case you missed that when we launched it in 2019. It's one of the favorite our favorite projects that we've ever worked on. And normally it's $197 that you can now get it for just $50. And in addition to enrolling in The Consistency Code, you also get over 60 eBooks and other programs related to plant-based living, to fitness, including recipes, meal plans. It's really great. We made it super easy for you to check it out. It's at bundle.wellevator.com, which is spelled B-U-N-D-L-E dot dot com. If that's too long for you to remember, we don't blame you. We will be sure to put it in the show notes of this episode, which you can easily find by going to WellEvator.com. Again, that's spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. We'll tell you more about the consistency code later on in this episode, but we wanted to dive right in. So let's get started with this amazing show we have for you today. We'll be very centered around food, which is a great thing because right before we started recording today, I was telling Jason about this meal I wanted to order on Postmates. I recently got really into Postmates because I've been self-quarantining myself. And actually, this is a good place to start the episode because if you've been listening recently, you may have heard that I was waiting for My third COVID test results. Technically, it was my fourth COVID test, but my third in a series of three that I took after returning to Los Angeles from a long road trip. And uh, I'm happy to say that my third test was negative, just like my second test was. Although I'm still self quarantining because I had a positive test when I first got back from Los Angeles. So I'm doing a full two weeks. And during this time, which actually hasn't been that bad. (laughs) I don't know if it's just because I'm introverted or decompressing from being away for so long, all of the above. I really don't mind it. And I've been getting really into Postmates. And believe it or not, during this past week, I signed up For my very own Postmates account for the very first time. The only time I've experienced Postmates before this week was through my friends. And I've waited for years to sign up for an account because I'm just not somebody that orders delivery that much. I think it's usually a little pricier than it seems worth it. I would much rather just go pick up food and save some money. But it's been A really nice luxury to have food delivered. And as Jason can attest, I have discovered so many incredible plant-based options in Los Angeles that I didn't even know existed. And if you, the listener, have not explored some of these delivery services like Postmates, I highly recommend it because I don't know if this is common knowledge, but there are restaurants or just like food businesses that are... Postmates only, or like, um, maybe they're not specific to Postmates, but they are, uh, only available for delivery and pickup. You can't like go there as an actual storefront, if that makes sense. You have to like order online. And my mind was just completely blown. Did you know about this, Jason? Or what is your history with Postmates? I sure wish they were sponsoring this episode, but they're not.
0: Uh, I've been kind of like a, a super casual user pre-pandemic, but what I do, I actually get super—I don't even know what the word is—conservative uh, financially. So I will, I will, I will go through all of the services. I'll go through Postmates, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats. There's caviar now. There's like five or six that, depending on who's got a twenty percent off coupon or who's got a thirty percent off coupon or a twenty dollar off coupon. So I actually will cycle through, and I'll wait until they email me or DM me or text me an offer, and then I'll just go with whichever one I have. So I'm not a brand loyal user of these food delivery apps by any stretch. I find them all, in terms of their service, to be pretty equal. Uh, I'm the bargain hunter. That is the word that I was searching for. And a lot of these delivery services, uh, including some of the ones that I've received during this recovery period from surgery... I've been taking a combination of different CBD, CBN, and THC tinctures to manage the pain. And they also have the same thing where there's like five or six delivery services that will bring you CBD, THC products. So same thing with that, Whitney, like I got a 30% off coupon the other day and it saved me a crap ton of money on my order. So when it comes to any of these kind of deliveries prior to COVID, I didn't really use these, but now I'm just like, whoever's got the bargain, that's the one I'm using.
1: Well, I think that makes complete sense. And I will probably be doing the same thing. I mean, that was part of the reason I hadn't signed up for Postmates is because I really wanted to wait till I felt like I needed it. Because when you sign up, you get all these special deals, like $100 of delivery credits. And then now they have this new free trial you can do on their unlimited delivery service. And so you better believe I signed up for those. I also used a friend's Postmates code, which by the way, I will be putting my Postmates code in, or maybe, maybe what we should do, Jason, is alternate in the show notes <laughs> between my Postmates code and your Postmates code. And that way, it's kind of like a Russian roulette, like whichever link you click on in the show notes will be the person that gets the credit if you sign up for Postmates. Uh-
0: wow. <laughs> we are... Living on the wild side, aren't we? <laughs> Russian roulette by changing up affiliate links. Woo-hoo. Well, this is Man, we are dangerous. Dangerous. This here. is
1: technically a referral link. And and if you, the listener, did not know, every episode has show notes on our website, wellevator.com, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And oftentimes we include referral links or affiliate links, which means we get some sort of credit, either like uh, a perk on, on Postmates for example they'll give you like $25 if somebody signs up with your link. So, you know, if you feel like signing up for the very first time like I recently did, use one of our links and and I think you actually get some credit as well. Maybe you get $25 off your first order or something and then we get $25 in credit on Postmates. Something like that. But in full disclosure, we often use these types of links because if, if we're going to talk about something, it's nice to get some sort of perk for, for referring it to you. And it's, it's either no additional cost to you, it's just the same price as you would normally pay for something, or you get some sort of perk too, which is our favorite thing to do. So we sprinkle in discount codes whenever we get them. So be sure to check out the show notes because you might be able to save some money. The reason that I wanted to start this episode talking about Postmates is not just to share the update on my COVID results, which, by the way, people not only want to know what my results are, but they want to know how I've been doing. And we've been talking about this pretty openly in the last few episodes. I'm doing great. I didn't have any symptoms. I don't know if I ever had COVID. I don't know if it was a false positive. There are so many different opinions on COVID testing. And so I'm just going to sit in the unknown and Keep quarantining, be really mindful, wear my mask, wash my hands, sanitize, and go on with my life. I'm very grateful that if I did, in fact, have COVID, that it was a very mild case and I didn't knowingly pass it on to anybody because I've checked in with everybody I saw in the past few months. Actually, I went through and contacted anyone I could think of, and I also contacted restaurants and uh, places I stayed literally everyone. And everybody's been safe. No one has symptoms and no one's tested positive, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But the other reason I bring up food today is because we are just one day away from Thanksgiving, Jason, as of the time that this episode comes out. And I'm curious what your plans are for Thanksgiving. I'd love to discuss that. And I'd love to discuss food in general. There's a bunch of food I've tried recently. I'd love to talk about. I just feel like it's nice talking about food for anyone listening who's trying to figure out what to order. Maybe you're about to go into quarantine and we can share with you some snacks. We can share with you uh, some kind of more universal things that aren't super location specific that you might want to try out anytime in the near future. So let's begin, Jason. What are your plans currently for Thanksgiving? Keeping in mind that the date of this recording is November 16th. So currently in this recording world that we're in, we are pretty far ahead of Thanksgiving. But when it comes out, Thanksgiving is just a day away. So your plans may very well change, but what are they currently, Jason?
0: Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, I love you. Thanksgiving, you're only a day away. Had to, had to. What was that from Annie? That was was from Annie, wasn't it? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Isn't that right, Whitney? It's Annie, thanks. Great, cool. My brain still works with the show tunes. My Thanksgiving plans are, well, they're going to be a a bit modified this year for multiple reasons. Number one, because of a variety of factors, Um, my mom is not going to be coming out. She usually doesn't come out to LA from Detroit for Thanksgiving. She usually reserves that for uh, Christmas and, and the week before New Year. But um, Kitchen Mouse, one of my favorite restaurants in LA, they have an entire feast. I shared it with you, Whitney. I shared it with my girlfriend, Laura, who is gluten-free, dairy-free. And it seems to be, as far as I can tell, one of the only organic, fully gluten-free Thanksgiving meals one can order in advance. And at this time, I'm still rehabbing from my surgery after my motorcycle accident, and I'm I'm not able to chop anything yet. My right arm is still really weak and weird and kind of like a weird gangly T Rex arm. It's 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 very much I'm just in T Rex arm status on the right side. So rather than expending a lot of energy trying to, you know, make a feast or make a meal, we're just going to order something from Kitchen Mouse and get they have like a Yuba tofu, almost like a like a like a quote, turkey breast, like oven roasted thing. They've got mashed artichoke uh or Jerusalem artichoke mashed potatoes mac and cheese gravy uh, stuffing like they have all all the sides you you would want and uh i think the plan is to at this point perhaps go over to Laura's mom and her stepdad's house they have a house here in the los angeles area and a really beautiful outdoor patio where we can eat outside and and be physically distanced so so far that's the plan is to hit up kitchen mouse this week and get a feast from those guys to just make it easy. You know, I like putting a lot of effort into the holidays for meals. It's one of my favorite things. And my mom and I have a tradition going back like, God, I think 23 years of vegan Thanksgivings. It used to be an event in Detroit where people would come to my mom's house because there was nowhere else to get like vegan Thanksgiving food. So we used to pack people in my mom's house, but obviously being so far away from her, that's not really an option right now. Um, So yeah, going to get a carryout from Kitchen Mouse. Probably do a very, very small, like four person thing, get a COVID test prior to going. And that's it. I just want to keep it simple. You know, I just want to keep healing Whitney and keep it super simple. Low effort, low effort, maximum return.
1: Fair enough. And, you know, it's nice to see that as an option. Are you going with the full package that they're doing that's like $140, Jason? Or did you find a way to like make it less expensive?
0: Nah, I'm doing the full Monty. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to do the full Monty because here, here's the deal, right? We know there's going to be leftovers. There always is. So for me, if I spend 140 on a smorgasbord, a venerable smorgasbord of vegan gluten-free goodness, I know that that ain't just going to be the Thanksgiving dinner. That's going to stretch out to maybe even three days. So to me, between myself and Laura, you know, if her family indulges or they make stuff themselves, Um, I don't see that just as one meal wit. I see that as multiple meals out of the same, you know, the same uh, kaleidoscope of foods.
1: Fair enough. Once again, (laughs) I'm drooling just thinking about this and I have yet to figure out my Thanksgiving plans and hopefully something comes together (laughs) in time. Uh, Otherwise, maybe I'll just be picking things up from uh, Whole Foods I'm actually, there's actually a really great article I'm looking at right now from laist.com. And it's a, called The Best Non Traditional Thanksgiving Takeout for 2020. And it does, it's not entirely vegan, but there are a lot of really great places on here, uh, restaurants that we like, like Cafe Gratitude, Gracias Madres doing it. Wow, that's interesting. What are they doing? Hmm, a vegan Mexican. Thanksgiving. Oh, they do holiday tamales. Huh. I mean, there's some really creative stuff on here. So maybe I'll just do that. I, you know, it's interesting because this year certainly is different than previous Thanksgivings. And Jason and I were talking about how how sad it is to not go to the potlucks that we usually go to. And oftentimes you and I do something together around Thanksgiving, Jason. And part of me was like, should, should we try to do that again this year? But I think after getting my positive COVID results, it's really made me want to be extra, extra mindful and not see anybody unless I either really need to see them or like I desperately want to see them. And since you and I talk so often, Jason, I feel like a connection with you that doesn't require... Seeing you in person, if that makes sense. Although I'm also feeling really anxious to see your animals. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I was like, she's got to bring this up. I, Whitney and I have a pre a recording banter, uh, which of course makes sense if you've been a longtime listener or a recent listener. We're very tangential. And Whitney was like, I want to come see Dems. And Dems does not mean Democrats, it means thems. Anyway, we have a whole sub-language around our animals, okay? If you're an animal lover or a pet parent, you probably have cute little baby voices and languages specific to them. Well, we do too. So Whitney was bemoaning the fact that she hasn't seen Dems in a long time, and she needs to come over and see all of Dems.
1: You know what's funny, Jason, is more people talk in those voices than I realized, Growing up, my mom had all sorts of weird things that she would say to our animals. And my sister and I would be really embarrassed and self-conscious about it, like bizarre nicknames that made zero sense. I mean, to this day, she still does this. But growing up, we were like, this is weird. And now the older I get, the more people I meet and hear them talking to their animals or other animals in all these voices. And then, of course, the ultimate source for discovering that you're not as weird as you think you are is TikTok, where people do all sorts of bizarre videos about their animals and have all these nicknames. So I bet you the term Dems, D-E-M-S, is something that other people refer to their animals with. (laughs) And I thought for so long, Jason, that like that was our thing you know, but every once in a while, I'll see other people using it.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I'm kind of excited, kind of disappointed, but it makes sense. I mean, people are weirdos. It's, I, I, I think it's like you have to embrace your weirdness fully, and then other people are like, oh my God, you have cute baby languages, like sub-languages for your pets too. And And mind you, I have five animals at home, and I speak in slightly different voices to each one of them. Like the timbre, the inflection, the pitch, the nicknames for them are different. So, so not only is it like, oh, you have an animal voice. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I have five different animal voices. <laughs> plus.
1: Can you, plus you, now you have to share some of them, Jason. You have to go through each of your animals and try to say, no. please, please.
0: Oh, man. How the hell am I going to do this? Well, Le- Le- Linky, yeah, he, he name Winks and he, he, he's a kumpa boy. And he likes his butt getting spanked. And he, his, his hair is kind of rough. He's like a woodland creature who just emerged from the primordial ooze. He's a little rough around you. His name winks. His he he name winky boy.
1: And don't forget, That's love awesome. to speak to him in a Russian accent as well.
0: Oh yes. And he loves that. He loves it. It's our language. It's like a pseudo-Russian Ukrainian cat language.
1: With like a little bit car- of um, what's that language in Game of Thrones? Dothraki. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of that thrown it's
0: in a there. A tiny bit of... <laughs> yeah, it's a little Dothraki. And GOT fans. There's Dia. Oh, my D. She's a queen. She's the queen, Dia. She's made of clouds. That's why her name is Claudia, because she's fluffy as a cloud. And she's got vampire teeth. She's a vampire. She's a black clouded vampire cat. And we love her because she's the queen. Her name is Cloud dia it's dia's voice bella uh, bella bonchito bella bonchito bonchito that's my newest nickname for her by the way is bonchito which is which has changed into cheeto whitney <laughs> bonchito Boncito.
1: You're, you're just telling me this for the first time
0: <laughs> yeah so now so now we just call her cheeto because it was bonk it was bella bonkers my, my girlfriend laura started calling she said, bella bonker and then just Bonker, then Bonchito, and now just Cheeto. So there is the etymology of how nicknames work in this household. I'm still waiting for laughter. I'm I'm assuming you're laughing on the other end, Whitney.
1: Oh, yes, I am. But I don't want to interrupt you because you still have two more animals to share.
0: Yeah, and baby Julie. Julius, 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 Julius. Tiny orange cat, tiny orange cat, tiny orange cat, tiny orange cat. He's the tiny orange cat. He's Julius, Julius. So they all have theme songs too. Julie's the nutcase. He's the baby of the bunch. He's only three. He still thinks he's a baby cat. He's a tiny orange cat. He's got the moves and he's a bit nuts. So I talked to him like, Julius, Julius. Orange Julius. And then of course, lastly, we have Kaifa. Kaifa. He's a panda. He's got one tooth, but it doesn't hold him back in life because he's got chubby cheeks. He's also got the best cheeks in the business. If you want to see the fluffiest cheeks on a cat, this side of of the rabbit kingdom, he definitely has hey rabbit fur. He's hey rabbit, hey rabbit.
1: And you're You're also forgetting his best nickname.
0: What? Kaifa? Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, Kaifa. Oh, his name, his name. Yeah, his name, Kaifa. Yeah, his name. That's true.
1: Yeah, we we have bizarre... Phrases And then last but not least, what about Evie's nicknames, which you, you came up with most of them. Oh, like,
0: yeah, that's true. Javier and Gob Gob, Cop Cop, um, Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> that's my favorite one.
0: Yeah, what else? That's what it. Yeah. It's usually Bear or Jub Jub or Gob Gob.
1: You like to say that she, the crocodile.
0: Crocodilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, depends, it depends on the position of her body and her face and what expression she makes. Pig. Pig. She's, a, she's the OG pig. Yeah. Pig. Pig. Yeah. They're really, you know, I just, if anybody's resonating, leave us a damn comment below because we know you're feeling this. We know you have nicknames for your animals. Below where? A, I don't know. Below in the comments of the, in the <laughs> <laughs> the show notes. I don't know. Just write us and send us stories about your animals. Okay. Just brighten our day. Brighten our day. And pictures. And pictures.
1: hopefully. Yeah, uh, we love hearing about these crazy stories. We love knowing that we're not alone. So, Instagram is a good place to connect with us, which is WellEvator, at WellEvator, W E L L E V A T R. It's so interesting, Instagram. You know, (laughs) actually, I could go on a little tangent about this, and then I want to come back to food because I have some like fun Thanksgiving food news to share with you, Jason, that I just discovered. Uh, But I want to go on a little Instagram tangent. So, We're trying to post more frequently on Instagram. We're gearing up for a project, which you've heard about in this episode. Uh, Actually depends because we're now using a cooler feature with our podcast where we can insert in um, timely promos and then remove them. So that way you don't hear about things after they've expired. Um, So it's actually helpful to listen to the show, though when the episodes come out, because if there's anything very timely going on, you're only going to hear about it for that short period of time, and then we're going to remove it. So this is something we're working on as we're getting close to our one-year anniversary with the show. We have a lot of cool things coming up for you. I'll say that now. And if you're listening (laughs) months later, we apologize that you missed it all, but keep stay stay tuned, please.
0: One year, Whitney, it feels like 10 years. It feels like 10. (laughs)
1: Well, that's because we have we have done more. We have done more in these in this one year than a lot of podcasters do. I guess. I mean, we're closing in on
0: by the end of the year one. We'll be closing in on two hundred episodes. Closing close to. One
1: hundred and sixty.
0: That's crazy as hell. Just to even say it, that's crazy as hell. Think about that. That's nuts. We need to give ourselves a pat on the back, which is hard for me because I'm only using one hand. But when I can use both hands, I'm doing it right now. I'm giving myself a slap on the back.
1: Well, we have crossed 150 episodes. And when we get to the one-year anniversary, which is coming up soon, that'll be our 160th episode, which is nice to have a, a solid round number. But you know, 200, let's see. I mean, that's that's still fairly far away. Even though we do three episodes a week, we, we hit some of these milestones fast. And it's funny that we have friends who have been podcasting for years that haven't done this many episodes because they only release them in seasons or they only do once a week. It's really fascinating, this whole podcasting world. Uh, but anyways, we have been posting more frequently on Instagram. <laughs> and I just found it kind of amusing that we lost a follower after this post that we did and we don't have that many followers so I can really easily tell uh, when we gain or lose them versus my personal account ecovegangal I can't even keep track it's like I don't even notice unless like the number drastically changes I'm not going to notice if like a couple people unfollow me but uh I noticed that today on Instagram and I just thought found it amusing cuz the post we put up was like really positive. It was made to be really helpful. There's, we're not advertising anything. Like it, it, to me, felt like, how could this possibly bother anybody? But for some reason, somebody saw it and they're like, well, time to unfollow these people. <laughs> and it just makes me think about how you know, you can't please everybody. And sometimes you do something that you think is really helpful and kind and generous or whatever, and, and somebody doesn't like it. And I think about this stuff all the time. And I also have been thinking a lot about how much people obsess over numbers. And um, for example, I've done a few projects this year, and I've specifically asked people not to use my EcoVeganGal account anymore because I'm trying to slowly transition away from that. I want to bring more awareness to the At @wellevator Instagram account. As well as my newish one at Witt Lauritsen, W H I T L A U R I T S E N. Because both of these accounts are really about mental health and authenticity and are better expressions of who I am right now versus Ego Vegan Gal. As much as I try to make it who I am now, it still always feels who I was years ago. And it's really h- hard because my it's like my brain doesn't know how to fully keep eco vegan gal relevant, but I also don't fully resonate with being called eco vegan gal anymore, and that's actually the main reason. And not to go into that much in depth, but I'm bringing that up because people still want to reference me as eco vegan gal, and Jason, I think it's because I have more followers there. Uh
0: yeah, ex- yeah.
1: For instance, I did a project recently, and again, I specifically said, "Can you please use this my new account?" And I don't know if there just like were multiple people involved and they didn't fully understand, but they referenced Eco Vegan Gal and never referenced my my new account. And I was like, "All right, I'm just, whatever. I'll let it go." But then that just happened again with you and me. We're working on a project right now. Jason, and I, I was going to bring this up to you, how everything I've done is through the Wellevator account. It's always me and Jason combined, and our combined project is Wellevator, which is the parent company, if you want to call it that, to this podcast. And uh, today, they like posted uh, us on the account, and it's at EcoVeganGal and at Jason Robel. And then they like also included our combined following on there. So, I was cringing for two reasons. One was, why are they using those accounts? We want them to use WellEvator. And I've actually been meaning to bring this up to you offline, Jason, but you might as well give me your opinion now. And again, I promise I want to get back to food. There's a lot more to say about food today, but we like to go on tangents and we like to talk about things that make us uncomfortable. What really made me uncomfortable, Jason, is when they shared our combined following on this page. Like, it it just like gave me this icky feeling like why does anybody care what our numbers are and and i'm not going to reference what this page is right now jason i can tell you later or you're welcome to guess or assume but i just the whole page is like all these other people that are collaborating together and their social media followings and i just thought like why are we operating in this world where as part of somebody's bio we share Their Instagram followings, you know, like it was, it just doesn't feel like it has any relevance. And yet it's being used in this way that just makes me feel icky. And simultaneously, like, oh, so WellEvator's, you know, 900 followers isn't enough. You had to use our other accounts (laughs) because it's a much higher following and that makes that more valuable on this page or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think people are just still really really conditioned to use vanity metrics as a sign of worth. And one of the reasons that I have been backing away from the quote influencer world and doing a lot of social media lately is because I'm I'm sick of the paradigm. And people are like, "Well, you know, if you want to win, you got to play the game." It's like maybe you don't want to play the game anymore. And maybe too many people are caught up in in exactly what you're talking about, which is is leveraging vanity metrics and numbers in a very macro sense to indicate the worthiness. Like if we're, if we're in a group of people and it's like, here's all these people and here's what they've done. Oh, and by the way, here's the size of their followings. Not only is it setting up the comparison trap instantly for people as if we need more of those laid in our world, but I think it's just, um, you know, a lot of people are just caught in that paradigm, Whitney, you know, they're, they're very much still focused on what they perceive as an ROI or, uh, you know, the glamor of association with the right people. And I think for me, I'm just growing, I'm growing tired of it. I had, I had a, a negotiation process. This was early March, right before the first quarantine and the first lockdown happened. And I won't name the brand by name. I don't, I don't like to throw people under the bus. Uh, I don't like to make a habit of it, especially publicly. But this brand, uh, I was going back and forth with them on, on a negotiation to appear on QVC. They wanted to fly me out to Florida. They wanted to train me and have me go on QVC to rep this brand and also do some YouTube stuff, some Instagram stuff, social media stuff. So it was a hybrid. It was like a QVC promo, being a spokesperson combined with some social stuff. And we were going back and forth on the rate, and I had someone uh, advising me that you and I both know on, on what to do rate-wise. And the the CEO of this company kept bringing up other influencers that he wor- works with, and how much he pays them, and how much bigger they are than me. So therefore, I ought not get paid what I'm asking for, because I'm I'm paying, again, I won't bring them up, blah, 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 vlogger, she's getting 30K a month, and here's how big she is. So I can't in good faith pay you that rate you're asking for because you're not as big as her and the scale doesn't make sense. And I'm like, cool. So what's the most professional way I can say, fuck you, no thank you? Right. That's my mind. is like, how can I say, you know, no thank you, but also fuck you? Because it's these kind of, it, it's these kind of mentalities that I think are really damaging. You know, it's like, well, I'm paying blah, 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 this much money, and she's got 1.5 million followers, and you only have 50. So there's no way I'm going to pay you this. Like, the guy was just an absolute dick, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say that, like, the more I get into conversations and I sense that people are obsessed with vanity metrics and use those as a negotiating tool to not pay you what you think you're worth, I'm long gone from those conversations. Like, I do not suffer fools anymore. I used to suffer fools. I don't suffer them anymore on that on that particular topic.
1: Wow. I mean, you should have seen the look on my face because <laughs> I think it's so interesting to compare how we feel about ourselves. And then when we hear somebody else sharing these stories, I get immediately on the defense for you, Jason, because I just think you're so talented and experienced. And to me, you are so beyond your numbers, right? It's easy for me to like, have self-worth issues and think, oh, well, my numbers aren't that high compared to this or that. And so I can feel bad about myself. But like hearing these stories from somebody else makes me so frustrated because it is true. It happens a lot. And I think it's going to continue happening for a while, even though we're in this time where we're trying to value people for more than their appearance, right? Like we should be valuing people for more than their gender, their sexuality, their race, their their age, all these other factors. But unfortunately, I think it's been revealed to us in so many different ways how as human beings, we keep coming back to some sort of measurement in order to determine somebody's worth. It's it's a cultural thing, it's a historic thing. We've been doing this in so many different ways for so many different reasons. And it's incredibly aggravating. And I think that as human beings, we're, we're trying to find a way to qualify things. And in a way, there's some innocence to it, right? And it, there's also the fact that people get used to these things. This becomes the norm. And that's why I would like to talk about this because, you know, it's not like you and I stepping away from that world Jason is going to necessarily change anything for other people or if it does it, it it's a very slow process. I think we need masses of people kind of protesting this and speaking up against this. And you know, it's kind of like um when I don't know if it's exactly like this, but what came to mind is the times where actors have stood up for one another and said I deserve to get paid as, as, somebody, as much as somebody else, right? Or they've shared these horrific stories about the differences in their wages between two different actors who are technically having the same amount of screen time and have just as much talent and experience. And yet they're getting paid differently because maybe their agent was better at negotiating, or maybe um, there was a perception that this person was more valuable. I mean, this sort of thing happens all the time. It's certainly not just within this influencer world. And it is a, it's also very sad, Jason, because it has negatively affected me so much that I don't enjoy posting on social media as much as I used to. This is something I've been reflecting a lot on recently and and also kind of rebelling against. I'm trying to go back to who I was and why I started when I started doing content creation back in 2008. I was doing that for fun, for joy, for for the desire to make a difference and to educate people and to be better educated myself and connect with other like-minded people. It wasn't about the numbers. And I think the numbers have actually done us all a huge disservice. It's not only challenged us in terms of our self-worth, because for me... The amount of times I've heard that my numbers aren't high enough or I don't deserve X, Y, Z because of my numbers, that has affected my self-worth. Even on a logical level, I know that it shouldn't. It's the emotional effect of that type of rejection and that type of um, qualification and um, this classism or whatever, like how we want to say that somebody's better than someone else because of something superficial. It's it's really disturbing and it's hard not to be affected by it. It's also caused me to struggle because I don't when I don't feel good enough, it's hard for me to create. And creating has always been from the heart for me. So when my heart hurts, when my heart feels weak, I don't have as much heart strength to create in an authentic way. And then my brain gets confused. And I think like, I don't know how to operate anymore. Am I operating out of this desire to please others and to prove myself? Or am I operating out of a place of true authenticity? Does this this feel like me? Does this feel like what I really want to do? Or does this feel like what somebody else thinks I should do and somebody else is suggesting to me? And it, it becomes incredibly confusing. So that's, that's coming back to me wanting to create a new name for myself, which is my own name, which is owning myself versus this old eco vegan gal name. And it, it's just so bizarre that people insist on referring to me that way when I'm telling them, no, like, I don't want to be referred to that way. That's not me anymore. And you might ask, well, why do I even keep the accounts there? It's because I see those accounts as a service to others. I see that my work with Eco Vegan Gal was never about those metrics. My work with e- Eco Vegan Gal was about creating content to help people learn about veganism, eco friendly living, and all the other elements of health and wellness I've covered. So, of course, I'm not going to close that stuff down because that's for them. But I do want to move into something different. And, you know, this podcast to me is one of my greatest joys. And I hope that eventually, you know, as we cross this, this one year mark coming up, that People start to realize that this is what matters to us and this is where we want to put our efforts.
0: Yeah, I think this is, it's a tough thing because kind of my, my perspective on it, Wit, I want to get back to talking about food again quickly because I know we set that precedent at the beginning, but kind of in summary on this subject, I feel like social media metrics are just another mechanism of training, kind of like credit scores or bank accounts, or what they're doing in some Asian countries, um, in China in particular, is they're doing social credits. So you have a social score, right? You you have basically what they take in all these, these social accountability factors, and then they give you a score as a citizen of the nation. And I don't want to talk about any kind of you know post-apocalyptic doomsday stuff. That's not the point of what I'm saying, but I think that there is a nefarious sort of ultra capitalist training that we have in many aspects of our life from our our value as influencers or content creators in terms of what we are to be paid based on our numbers or how someone perceives them um our credit worthiness which to some degree i get it like if if people deem you risky they don't want to loan you money but but i think that we are so bound to numbers and we are so psychologically obsessed with our hierarchical pecking order in society that we think that the numbers are who we are we think we are our credit score we think we're the number of zeros in our bank account we think we're the number of digits on on our social media accounts and it becomes it becomes problematic when we in, intermesh those with our identity like if we can disassociate in a sense of like the sufis would say be in the world but not of it like okay i have a credit score not i am my credit score i have a social media account not i am my social media account so i think that there's a healthy level of disassociation that has to occur at some point. Because if we start to get pulled in to the narrative, which is that these things make us who we are, that's when things get very dangerous. And that's when our sense of self becomes extremely fragile because it's dependent on these externalized measurements, right? So uh, where I'm at is I just, I feel like social media in, in some ways is not this innocent thing. It's this very kind of psychologically nefarious thing that's training us to feel good or bad about ourselves based on an arbitrary set of comparison metrics much like these other systems in society so do i think um do i think psychologically we we might feel better for being on it less we go back to our many conversations yeah and i endeavor to do that i endeavor to use it less use it more mindfully and to keep disassociating my sense of self from it and i think mentally that's probably one of the healthiest things we can do
1: We are going to take a brief break because I promised you at the beginning of this episode that I was going to tell you more about the consistency code.
0: We launched this in 2019, right before the new year and had an incredible time with our clients and our friends and everyone who enrolled for you we have a very special offer as Whitney mentioned it's a four week video coaching program the segments are pre-recorded and the whole crux of the consistency code and why Whitney and I decided to put this together and have been promoting it and I am extending it to you for the special offer is because it's going to help you really find direction and develop the consistency that you need to stick with healthy fulfilling habits we found over and over again not only for ourselves but for the people we work with you can have all of the aims and the goals and the habits that you want. But if it's not consistent and you're not integrating it into your daily practice in a way that is sustainable, the compound benefits won't be there. So by being consistent, you start to prioritize your self-care. You start to improve your time management. You eventually boost your self-confidence. It's really about just creating the self-discipline and the focus that you need to stick with healthy, fulfilling habits in 2021 and way beyond. This is not just about a new year thing. This is about really re-landscaping consistent metrics in your life and frameworks that help you stick to what you say you're gonna do, right? So consistency, we know it's the key to everything from losing weight, gaining physical or mental strength, making more mindful, healthy food choices, getting more energy in your life, and just being more present. We talk a lot about presence and mindfulness. And the consistency code in four weeks really helps you just anchor all of those things in. So we mentioned it's on special right now. It's fifty bucks. It ends on November 30th, and we really would love for you to join us for this program because we really think it's gonna give you the tools, the frameworks, the perspective, the perspectives that you need to really just gain that higher level of consistency in your life.
1: You can get this course at the special price of just fifty dollars, which is of what it normally costs. Plus, you get a whole slew of other amazing programs in there as a bonus. You can sign up for this at bundle.wellevator.com. That's spelled B-U-N-D-L-E dot W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Or just go to wellevator.com, find the show notes for this episode, Find the consistency code. We'll make it super easy for you. We promise. If you can't find it, just send us a message. We'll point you in the right direction. Make sure to do that before it ends on November 30th. I'm looking forward to diving back into food right now because, Jason, I I have to share with you that you might want to consider some other options for Thanksgiving, considering that this episode is being recorded when you still have time to to choose. And you know what's interesting too is I wonder, let's say somebody's listening to this the day before Thanksgiving. I wonder how many of these places would allow you to to still order with that short amount of notice. I bet you a good amount of them. I found another great article from Veg Out magazine that is all about where to pick up a vegan Thanksgiving feast in LA. And oh my goodness, it is making me so hungry. Some phenomenal restaurants are on here. I'm not going to spend the time going through all of them, but I would say that the most exciting one I've seen on here that it kind of surprised me because I I guess I associate them with a very specific type of food. And actually they, they even reference this in the description. Uh in in here it says, but wait, isn't this an Italian restaurant? It sure is. But they're offering all the classic Thanksgiving foods like candied Brussels sprouts. Oh, my I I don't even know if I can read this out loud, Jason. It's, it's literally making me drool, especially the smoky potato chowder with shiitake bacon bits. Damn. Who do you think this is? Pura Vida. Yeah.
0: Oh, damn. I didn't know sure they were is. doing all this.
1: <laughs> That's what i <I'm> was saying. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it says that you're supposed to pick up the order on on Wednesday, which is when this episode comes out. So I apologize to anyone else who is listening right now. I mean, you might be able to sneak in and order at some of these places. So don't give up hope if you're a super last minute planner. Although I imagine most of our listeners are, are planners because Jason and I tend to think ahead on these things. But we really want to talk about these restaurants anyways, because besides Thanksgiving, they're phenomenal places to go if you're living in or visiting Los Angeles. Uh, Pura Vida is one of my top choices there. Pizza is the best gluten-free vegan pizza I think I've ever had, aside from Verde, which we've talked about before in Baltimore. So I just want to put that out there, Jason. Um, did you finally, speaking of food? Did you finally get your spark change um delivery box?
0: No, it may be at my what? it may be at my mailbox though, so I need to go visit. but
1: what the heck
0: I haven't been in many cars lately
1: i guess I not. Haven't been in,
0: I haven't been in many cars i've been you know
1: well i'm been, sorry i can't I can't wait any longer to talk about some of these products i've I tried it's okay. I really it's, want to give them some shout outs.
0: Go for it. I will live vicariously. <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, there's going to be a, a good number of shout-outs today in this episode. And and as you as we said earlier, we have the show notes section. So if you go to WellEvator.com and click on the podcast, you will find this episode and you can see everything we've referenced. So you can easily check them out online, on social media. You can order things from them, whatever you'd like to do. And as promised, I'm going to mention some brands that you can order throughout the United States, online, and you might even be able to get in different countries as well. And if not, this exact brand, you can probably find a similar product because there are certainly amazing plant-based foods all over the world. What Jason and I are have just referenced is a shipment of products we were each sent, apparently, although Jason hasn't even got his, which is weird because mine was delivered in like super early November, Jason. So I don't know what's taking you so long. Um, but there is a lot of amazing products in there. One of the brands that I'm pretty sure you've tried before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. Have you had solely fruit jerky?
0: No, I know of its existence. I have not had it yet.
1: You are in for a major treat because they sent an incredible box of probably every single one of their products. And I'm not super into dried fruit in general, but I absolutely love these. There's one that is mango with chili and salt. And their whole thing, solely fruit jerky, is that they have minimal amounts of ingredients. So this is literally just dried mango with chili and salt sprinkled on. That's it. And it's so good. (laughs) Uh, The other one I really liked is the pineapple and coconut. It's just those two ingredients. That one had a really great texture. And then they also sent some that were drizzled with cacao. I mean, you're going to love these, Jason. I can't believe you haven't tried them before.
0: Well, it gives me more incentive to actually like (laughs) go to my mailbox and pick up my mail then. Because it's probably there.
1: The other thing that I was like fascinated by is um Bush, Bushes, I suppose, or Bush's best, maybe is the name of the company, which do you remember their baked beans, Jace? I think that's what they're known for.
0: Oh, I used to eat the hell out of those as a kid. But
1: I those remember, aren't vegan, right?
0: No, but they they have they have vegetarian I don't think they call them vegan. They are they are vegan, but I think they call them vegetarian baked beans. Oh. Um okay. Bush's has yeah, they have a veg version, but I don't think they call it vegan. I think they call it vegetarian, but if you spin it around and look at the nutrition fact panel, you're like, it's also vegan. Maybe they're just as afraid to use the vegan word because maybe it'll like alienate too much of their customer base. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, they included their new bean chips, which were surprisingly very, very satisfying. I loved the flavor. I like bean chips in general, but I remember looking at them thinking, am I going to be into these? I was for sure. And they're all vegan ingredients. Also included was um, Tolerant Foods, Red Lentil Pilaf. That was one of the highlights of the box for me. That That's also making me drool right now. I really need to eat dinner <laughs> because all this food talk is getting to my head. Uh, two more things I wanted to shout out were Lundberg, which you love them, Jason, they have great rice products. They now have rice cake minis in some fabulous flavors, like an apple cinnamon, and one was like um, let's see, I don't know if this says the uh, the flavors on it they they I think they sent three different flavors, oh, one was a buffalo ranch that I was very excited to see was vegan, I think it was, or maybe it was um. Buffalo, not ranch. Maybe it was just like a buffalo flavor, like a you know, buffalo wings type of a flavor. Um, Buffalo sauce. Yes, thank you.
0: (laughs) It's the sauce that gives it the flavor.
1: Thank you. Yeah, which you would typically dip into ranch dressing, so you could see why I made that connection. Uh, So those are really good, and then lastly, I, I think I already mentioned this on. A previous episode but republic of tea sent a wonderful assortment of teas including some holiday teas that were really really lovely so it was a great box i can't wait till you get it and then the things i haven't tried yet which i also think i mentioned before is flora's plant-based butter and the new Dea cheese shreds but you've tried those jason right and you tried them in like um didn't Laura, your girlfriend, make like some incredible grilled cheese with them and then oh, you, like, yeah. report back on, on what she used exactly?
0: Yeah, it was, it was parmela mozzarella, it was VioLife feta, and it was the dea shreds on gluten free seeded bread with the flora butter. And it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was top five grilled cheese all time. Easy, 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 easy.
1: Wow. I mean, what bread? Did, I thought you were going to check and see what bread it was, too.
0: Uh, mm, I don't know. She brings a, a variety of breads over because she's gluten-free, dairy-free, so I don't remember what, what brand of bread it was.
1: That's very disappointing to hear. But I'm really excited to try that butter. I just have to go get mine because it's stored in another fridge that I'm not allowed to access until after quarantine. (laughs) Um, And then also I wanted to give an update on Nutiva because they sent me over their new squeezable coconut oil, which I would say I wasn't expecting to come as in handy as it has. Because I I noticed that I'd be like cooking something and you need to get out like another utensil. To dip it in, so if it had already been you like let's say um, a cooking spoon or spatula, like if you use it in something else, you obviously don't want to dip it into a fresh jar of coconut oil. So the squeezable pack has been insanely handy because you don't have to dip anything in it. You just squeeze it out into whatever you need coconut oil in. And I love that, and they sent me the I think it's the unrefined, so it has that really strong coconut flavor that I enjoy. But the product that I've been going crazy over is their vegan ghee, which is a combination of, I think, coconut, avocado, turmeric. And these are oils, by the way, except for the turmeric powder. There's maybe one other ingredient in there. And I think they might use some like natural flavors to give it almost like that. Buttery ghee flavor. That is fabulous. It is so good. I look for every excuse to put it on something. I've put it on gluten free bread. I've put it into soups. I don't know why. It just like adds a really nice, like texture and flavor to soup. And I'm just trying to find every reason to experiment with it. It's been exciting because I have never knowingly had ghee before I went vegan. Like I think I mentioned this before how I and I'm actually ordering Indian food tonight. And luckily this Indian restaurant marks their dishes as vegan or not. But sometimes you go to to restaurant Indian restaurants, you need to tell them not to include ghee in the food. And I probably had it before I went vegan, but never really thought much about it. And then ghee became like this huge health trend and now that I'm vegan, I've kind of felt like I've missed out. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way, Jason? Hmm.
0: Maybe with only a few things. I think it's, it's kind of rare for me to feel that way just because I feel like there's so many things that are so abundant and delicious and amazing when you're eating a plant-based lifestyle. And I don't know, there, there's very few things that kind of fall into that category for me. I don't know. Maybe for me, there's, there might be a few like French baked goods that fall in that category. I don't know. For some reason, baked goods sometimes feel to me like, oh, if we only had a vegan version of blah blah blah. Um, uh, but for me, ghee, I don't know. It's not one of those things I'm ever like, damn, I wish I had ghee.
1: Well, another restaurant worth shouting out is La Durée, which has brought a lot of our vegan pastry dreams come true, which is really neat. And every once in a while you'll go to a, a fancy restaurant and they'll have incredible dishes. There's also um places like veganessentials.com shout out to them they sent me a bunch of things recently for my road trip and that's a really great online shop to go to because they have like pretty much any vegan food you could imagine on there and really interesting things and then lastly on the topic of vegan french food Jason remember that restaurant in new york city we went to the name oh it's like um like delice a sarah sai or something like that it's a French. it's like i think two french names or something I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so incentive for you to go check out the show notes if you haven't yet
0: yeah it's delice and saracen
1: aha it's i was on, close it's
0: on uh, christopher street uh in greenwich village cute that place, place is cool cute too adorable ambiance like the food is dope but the ambiance is really cool too
1: Absolutely, I'm glad that they're still doing well. It's it's been really tough to see restaurants go out of business during COVID because uh, you know we're all trying to support one another. I I think that's the other plus side to using Postmates, for example, is because I feel like I get to support all these restaurants versus just making food at home. And certainly, it's nice. It's more economical. It's it's uh, often a little bit. More nutritious and, and less processed when you make food at home, but a lot of these businesses really do need our, our support and especially as this year is coming to a close, I think we're going to go through another phase of people staying in more and trying to really avoid covid hopefully hopefully more people will quarantine or maybe we'll even be required to quarantine for a few weeks, maybe longer who knows I, on that note jason I'm, I'm curious there's been a lot of rumors going around about the possibility of of the entire country in the US going down g- going on lockdown have you thought much about that like would you mind that are you going to prepare for for that at all like what's your feelings if that happens you feel like that's a good thing and is that going to affect your life very much and what would you do if if now you had to stay at home for another 4 to 6 weeks as some people are speculating
0: i think physically it's not really a stretch a because i'm right now as i mentioned multiple times healing from my uh my post motorcycle accident my surgery i'm i'm in recovery from from surgery so i can't do much anyway um it requires a lot of energy for me to exert myself and do even even basic things i just get really tired i get exhausted doing simple things like cleaning the cat box or i don't know putting dishes away so for me, from a, from a physical perspective, Whitney, if, if we did have, and I read today that uh, the governor of California wants to and may impose a phase three lockdowns, which are going to be similar to the original lockdown here we had here in the state of California. So I think from a perspective of, of physical needs, because I'm in recovery right now after surgery, it's not that big of a deal for me to think about being indoors for four to six months. Mentally, it's a different story. For me, I think it's a combination of the time change where it's it's getting dark, dark now at 5 p.m. here in Los Angeles, combined with feeling alienated from friends because of the COVID uptick and not being close to my family. You know, they're, they're my mom's in Detroit, my family's there, and and friends are being more cautious here for their own reasons. I think for me mentally, It will be challenging because of the sense of physical alienation from the people I love during the holidays. And you know, the holidays to me are—I—I love them. I'm not like a psychopath. I don't put like, you know, five million decorations on my house. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't mean to imply that that's a psychopathic behavior. Let me let me retract that. Um, (laughs) I just—I love being with people. I love being with the people I love over the holidays. It's very simple to me. So physically, a four to six week national lockdown to me wouldn't be a big deal because food, water, self-care, meditation, fine. I can be indoors. But I'm a little bit worried psychologically what it might do to me of not seeing the people I care about, especially during the holidays. Um, I'm, I'm worried about feeling maybe a little lonely and, and um, disconnected from people. That's where my worry comes from, Whitney. I, I, I'm more worried about the mental side of all this than I am necessarily my own physical health. It's not that I'm being reckless about my interactions, but my, um, my peace of mind, the fear of feeling super disconnected from people I love, that scares me more than anything else, the, 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 the mental health side of this, to be honest with you.
1: Well I think that's a really important thing to address and that's a huge theme of our show. You know, even when we talk about seemingly light or superficial things like what food we enjoy, that's a huge part of our mental health and well-being. You know, as as I've been self-quarantining and decompressing from my travels, I've gone through so many ups and downs with how I've been feeling. Like sometimes I feel energized. Sometimes I feel exhausted and burnt out. Sometimes I want to sleep for 10 plus hours. Sometimes I, I sleep, you know, seven hours and wake up feeling rested. Uh, it's been all over the place for me. And, and I would say that food is that one thing that I really get excited about and look forward to. And I, I think it's important to address that, like why we talk about these things, why we love food is having something wonderful to enjoy and look forward to is really important to me when I'm feeling low, you know? And uh, having Thanksgiving to look forward to and and soon Christmas for me as I celebrate and maybe even New Year's, which feels simultaneously exciting and simultaneously daunting, you know? it's It's creating this environment where I can thrive and and making sure that I have what I need to feel my best. Do you feel that way with food as well Jason? Like when you're really struggling, does food help you kind of cope? Does food help you feel better?
0: I think it does. I mean, I certainly I think that the more mindful I am of what I'm putting in my body, it has an absolute effect on my mental state and and my physical state. And I think, again, the fact that I'm, you know, super weak and in recovery right now, eating ultra nutrient-dense food. Like last night, we had a gluten-free probiotic naan with this like cauliflower squash soup with a little bit of gomasio on top. And, And it's like the simplest thing in the world, but that soup and that naan was It was just so nutrient dense and so, like, I remember saying to Laura yesterday, I could feel the joy returning into my body for the first time in a long time, right? So at the time of this recording, it's been about like over two weeks since I had my accident. I haven't felt a lot of joy in the last two weeks. I just haven't. I felt a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. I. I it's. It's been really hard. And to have that meal, I actually had two, two moments yesterday. One was the meal where like I could feel joy in my body through the food, which was amazing to experience. And then earlier in the day, I was hanging out with my cats and my dog and just like kind of they were all laying in the sunshine. And I just like had this moment of feeling so much love for them and so much gratitude. And so I think food, right? Companionship, togetherness. The, the the things that are nourishing to us on a physical and mental level, when we are deprived too much of those things, it can be detrimental for our health, you know? So to echo what you're saying, Whitney, I'm just trying to eat really, really nutritious food right now because it makes me feel good in my body. And I want to just feel good in my body again. You know, I want to feel joy again. I want to feel excitement again. I want to feel a sense of peace again. And it's, it's kind of a long road, um, integrating those emotions back into my body, but food Last night that meal, I was just like it was the first time like I had a joyful moment with food in a long, long time. And it felt so good.
1: I love that. And I I think that there's so much joy in food and and also so many benefits to it as well. And, you know, I get excited when something tastes really good and makes my body feel really good. And then I also simultaneously try not to be too rigid about the nutritional benefits like if if i'm craving something and this comes back to like intuitive eating which i've really been observing within myself since i started reading about that which was either at the end of 2019 and or the beginning of this year 2020 when when i was starting to open my eyes to anti-dieting culture and intuitive eating and all these different perspectives, which have been really healing for me, given my history with disordered eating. That idea around just eating what I really want and just not second-guessing it so much like I have. For instance, today, I just had a craving for Indian food and it felt so good to go on postmates and find a indian place that i don't think i've ever been to and order from there i'm so excited and anticipating it it's probably going to arrive right after we finish recording and so it it feels like kind of a reward you know even though i don't really like to look at food in terms of a reward but it's it's nice when you have that to look forward to and you get to relax i like to Watch a TV show or a movie when I eat, and that feels really peaceful to me. I'm hoping I have some extra food left over for a snack or a meal, and just to savor it, you know. And and as I'm sharing this, I'm really looking forward to it. Just like I hope that I have a, a Thanksgiving experience to look forward to this year, and, and same for you, the listener. And I think that. That whole process alone brings me so much joy and relief versus the times where I've been super rigid about what I've been eating. And yet, at the same time, I'm also going to, at some point, ease myself back into some more, I don't want to use the word strict or restrictive, but a different level of mindful eating, I suppose, because... I struggle with a lot of food sensitivities, and recently they've been really bad. I haven't mentioned this to you, Jason, but something I've been eating, and I really don't know what it is, or maybe there's something going on with my body that's not specific to a certain ingredient, but I've been getting weird, um, I think more like acute hives Uh, after eating foods. And I I honestly, I don't know what it is. I've been starting to track my food, just simply observing when I eat something, how long it takes. And lately, almost after everything I eat, 30 minutes uh, later, I will experience itchy skin and light hives and they'll last for about 10 minutes and then go away. And so now I'm experimenting with like eliminating certain foods to see if that's the culprit. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting more regimented with taking probiotics, drinking more water. Like I'm going back into this detective work around food, which causes me a bit of stress. So for me, it helps to ease my way in and not like look at food as an enemy, even when it is affecting me this way and knowing that i've been through this before i've been struggling with food sensitivities for many years if not my entire life and um that's why i think it's important to find joy in it because sometimes our bodies go through changes and we don't understand them and we can feel scared or out of control and i'm always seeking more of a balanced relationship with food and and you know not letting it rule me or affect me but looking at it as like Something that makes me feel really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's also just we always talk about on this podcast how we view life as an ongoing experiment and that what worked for you a year ago, five years ago, seven years ago, a decade ago might not necessarily work for you now in terms of your dietary choices, the products that you're using, depending on how your body is evolving and aging, right? And for me, it's interesting you bring this up, Whitney. And I'm I'm glad that you're being so vulnerable about vulnerable about your skin issues um to kind of echo back a concern that i had been dealing with for the last four over the last four years i've mentioned this a few times is uh my my battle with eczema and interestingly enough whitney um once i cut out this is so fascinating i cut out all powders in my life i cut out protein powders collagen boosters um spirulina, chlorella, like any any kind of powdered um nutritional boosters like that I would put in my smoothies, my oatmeal, my chia porridge. And if y'all have been longtime fans, <clears throat> excuse me, longtime fans, like y'all know I would use protein powders and spirulina, chlorella, goji powder, all that stuff like crazy. Like I've often been criticized in my career for using, quote, too many superfoods. But once actually in I think right before the pandemic, this was maybe February. I remember eliminating those things from my diet, wit, and legitimately, I have not had a, a knock on wood uh, an eczema breakout since the beginning of the pandemic. Like I've had a few like tiny little flare ups, but it's nothing like it was. Like it was it was horrifying. It was to the point where I was like bleeding and scabbing and couldn't sleep. But interestingly, you talk about elimination diet. once I removed all those protein powders, superfoods, like powdered stuff, it has not come back at all, which to me is like fucking miracle
1: Yeah, and that's part of the detective work I mentioned is um, you can go the route of working with a medical professional, which I think is the ideal way to go. It does often take more time and money to do that and you can get all sorts of tests done and you can also do some research on it. I will say it's been really tough figuring mine out right now because it seems like no matter what I eat I have this reaction which makes me think maybe something's off with my gut, right? Or uh maybe I ate something and it's like having um an ongoing effect and other food is agitating it or maybe I've you know like there's so many questions here. And I've been through this before. Actually, one thing that was really great for me was something called the low histamine diet. And I'll link to a video I did on that years ago. And because I've had food sensitivities for so long, that was one of the closest I ever got to feeling like it was an ideal diet for me. But also the vegan keto diet, which I wrote a whole book on this year. That actually made me feel great. And so I'm thinking I want to go back to eating more of that way. I don't want to be super strict when it comes to keto. We had a guest on recently and we were talking about, you know, counting carbs and some people are will only have 20 total net carbs a day, which is super extreme for me. I was more in the 50 total net carbs a day, but even that felt very limiting. So I look at it as more of a moderate carb and like only eating certain carbs if I really want them. To me, it's almost like combining vegan keto and intuitive eating together. It's like I'm not going to be super strict. If I want to have a sweet potato or rice, I will. But I know that generally, I tend to feel better eating lower carb. And I don't know if that's going to bring my body back to a better place. I'm not quite sure what's going on at the moment and I'm not going to pretend to know. (laughs) Uh, And I think also these subject matters are interesting because if you share them with other people, other people want to give their advice and say this or that works. And I think uh, an interesting subject matter as we start to wrap up this episode, Jason, is how uh, coming back to social media like or even this podcast, you could share something about your health and people will chime in with their opinions even when you're not asking for them and they'll make a lot of bold statements about what you should and shouldn't do and then suddenly you've got all this conflicting advice from people and i've gone down that road so much and i think that's why intuitive eating has started to feel like a really good thing for me is i can combine different pieces of advice i can combine my experiments i can combine my personal research and my previous experience with eating with simply tuning into what feels good and right for me. And unless there's like a huge medical urgency, um, I don't need to go and seek out the advice of a professional. I can do a lot of this stuff on my own. And then if I need to, I can go consult with somebody and do a blood test. If you, As you've talked about many times, Jason, getting proper tests done is really the best way to find out what your body's deficient in or if you're struggling with something as opposed to, as you've said before, like throwing darts at a dartboard with your, a blindfold on.
0: Yeah, it's super critical. And, and I think that for all of us, getting the individual picture of exactly what our body needs, it is sort of this meeting of intuition and science. And I think that what you brought up, Whitney, is great because to go get a blood panel test done, then you have a, a snapshot of what's happening with your internal physiology. But of course, then there's food allergies. We've talked about there's sensitivities. We've talked about in this episode. It's this is an ongoing thing. Like if if you're if you're a mindful, sensitive person who wants to really like, I think, be healthy and thrive. This is an ongoing journey that really has no end. I, I really believe there's not a point we arrive to where it's like, all right, this is exactly how I'm eating for the rest of my life. Some people may feel that way. I don't. I'm sure there's going to be more tweaks to come with my lifestyle and my diet as I go on. As I'm sure there will be with you, but I think there is some sort of hybrid between science and intuition, trusting our bodies, listening to our bodies, experimenting, not being too attached to the outcome we want. So, I think um I think we've just got to, we've got to be willing to change, we've got to be willing to evolve even if we have to gnash our teeth because there's been so many things I'm like Oh, that thing I want to eat, but I know when I eat it, it makes me feel like shit, so I'm not gonna eat it. I'm gonna kick and scream a little while, but there'll be a day where I really don't miss it anymore like that's the thing I found is is anything that I have i don't know been irritated that I'm missing like once I start to build consistent new habits of eating better things that serve my body better, I tend to not miss the old stuff. It's like once I get into a flow of consistency of eating meals and foods and and things that make me feel good it's almost like i stop lamenting all of the stuff that i used to miss if that makes sense but i think it's got to be that consistent uh, uh, practice of eating what makes my body feel good getting a blood panel test listening to my intuition experimenting with new things and that's every single day like when we talk about consistency that doesn't mean like eh, maybe i'll be mindful like once a week no it's like every day every single meal and that may sound vigilant, but I personally believe if you want to feel your best, you do have to be that mindful and vigilant.
1: Oh, for sure. And and I'm glad that you brought up too about eliminating certain things from your diet in order to see how it makes you feel. <laughs> right now, I'm noticing and I'm suspecting that one of the things that's irritating me is chocolate. And I've been through this before. As I mentioned, this low histamine diet. Uh, when I first experimented and discovered that um, years ago, I want to say like 2015 or 16, chocolate was one of those things I had to remove. And it was a huge bummer. And I am scared that chocolate is causing some of these reactions, but I also wouldn't be surprised because I've noticed some food sensitivities to chocolate for many years. And remember, Jason, when I started experimenting with cacao as an alternative, and I was like, Trying all these different or not cacao, sorry, um carob, and
0: uh <laughs> yeah, you took it all the way back to nineteen eighty three <laughs> with that one. you took it, that was like some early eighties health food store shit right there,
1: oh my gosh, I'm curious to see where that is at right now, like is is there another option that kind of serves as an alternative to chocolate besides carob? I mean, carob isn't bad, it's just. It's not the same to your point. It also reminds me of the times when I tried to find a lot of coffee alternatives, which actually carob can be used as a coffee alternative and even cacao. I've tried a lot of different things and they just did not taste the same. And I was so grateful when I just decided to go back to drinking coffee. I love coffee. And thank goodness that doesn't seem to bother me. Although, you know, I haven't looked up to see if that's considered okay for like if that's a quote allowed on the low histamine diet. And this is what I'm saying, uh you can read all these re- all these rules about keto, low histamine, paleo, uh high carb, low carb, like there's all these different uh diets that you can experiment with. But I've always found that if one of them calls to me, I look at the guidelines and then I I use the the intuitive side of it. So for example, if I find out that coffee is, is quote, not a lot on a low histamine diet, I'll probably still drink it anyways, because I, I think it feels good to me, and I don't think that's the culprit. I would actually rather have coffee, Jason, than chocolate, believe it or not.
0: That is where you and I differ. That is where you and I <laughs> take up opposite ends of the fight, Whitney, is I, I'm team chocolate all the way. And, uh, and coffee I could take or leave, but you know what to each their own. It's, it's, I also, the other day had a piece of chocolate. FYI, I think I I mentioned this on a previous episode that I haven't been craving sugar as much. Like I've essentially not been craving sugar at all. And I had a piece of chocolate and my reaction to it. And it was good chocolate, by the way, was like, meh. And I was like, who are you now? What do you mean? Meh, meh, meh. That's your response to this chocolate man. Who are you becoming? We don't even know you anymore.
1: This would normally be the time that we do a brand shout out. But today, we are going to shout out ourselves, which is not something we do very often. Technically, this episode is sponsored by us with our program, The Consistency Code. You've heard us mention it a few times during this episode. Wanted to remind you again because you might've been off daydreaming, multitasking. You may not have sat down to really consider it. And so we wanted to let you know one last time to check out this incredible sale that we're part of. It is the plant-based bundle sale. We have our course, the consistency code in there. It's normally $195 to participate in this program, but it's only $50. Plus you get like $2,000 worth of other amazing programs. So if you're interested in the consistency code, as Jason so wonderfully described about halfway through this episode, we really encourage you to check it out. You can click through at bundle.wellevator.com or go to the show notes section of wellevator.com, which if you've never visited before, is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. We're always very mindful to spell it out for you because we know it's a made up word. And Jason is going to close out this little self-promotion with a song. What do you got for us, Jason? better be even better than the one that you sang before, even though that was pretty good.
0: um, I think uh, uh, there just needs to be like a good theme song here, right? It's like, the consistency code. Uh The Consistency Code, if you're young or you're old, gotta feel real bold. Whether it's hot or it's cold, the Consistency Code, you got them goals you wanna do, but you don't know where to turn to. You got Consistency Code, Consistency Code. Uh Again, that's bundle.wellevator.com.
1: Wow. You know, that reminded me a little of like Adam Sandler, Jason. And you did that all on the spot. You you did not practice this. That was improv.
0: I prepare nothing. Nothing.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: So, rather than lamenting my travails with chocolate and things that I miss from from, from years of yore. It sounds so dramatic. I'm sure I'll love chocolate again. I'm sure I'm sure that I will integrate it back in, um but you know what my my whole thing right now is like listening to my body and being consistent with the principles that Whitney and I talk about right it's the thing that we try to do it's a it's a practice the reason it's called a practice is because the programs and the courses and the things that we offer are things that we employ in our life like you're you're never going to hear us talk about things that we haven't thought about, experimented with, practiced, or moreover, used consistently in our lives, right? So for me right now, even though I'm lamenting, like, I don't really like chocolate, and it's a very minor thing, but I'm realizing that like the thing that I'm wanting to be consistent with and be on it is with listening to my body, right? And most days, it's not asking for a lot of food. Most days, it's asking for just really ultra nutrient-dense foods, small portions, easily digestible, don't eat too close before bedtime and just tons of water. Like I, I'm eating almost like, I don't want to say monk like, it's not quite like that level of minimalism, Whitney, but I'm definitely in this consistent mode of eating minimalist. Like that's how I kind of feel. And you know what? I like it. I like the simpler meals. I like the fewer ingredients. I like, I don't know. I, I kind of, I feel like on the other side of this whole thing this whole experience that i'm in from healing from my accident i'm i'm going to be minimizing my life in different ways like i rewatched recently this is a tangent cuz i know we're getting to the end of this episode but i i, I rewatched a, a documentary you and i watched years ago called um, minimalism and it kind of re-inspired me to be like i want to eat simpler i want to live simpler i want to reduce my material load i want to have a lower overhead I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm in a mode right now where I'm examining how I can simplify many, many aspects of my life, not just my food.
1: That makes sense. Actually, that minimalism video inspired a purchase I made once. So I'll give one more brand shout out for that amazing bag, um, carry on bag that I have. And I'm completely blanking on the name of it right now. Do you remember the name of that bag? Remember, you were so envious of it, Jason. I think oh, one of
0: the I, guys,
1: either it was created by one of those guys that made that documentary or like they, they were involved in promoting it. Something like that. I have to look.
0: Oh, I think it was um, It was The Pact, P-A-K-T.
1: Correct. <laughs>
0: Correct. Thank you. That's
1: the one. Wow. That, that carry-on bag, this, this episode had nothing to do with this, but since you just brought that up, I'm just going to shout it out because we love... Promoting brands that we love. Um, that bag is phenomenal. I brought it with me on my road trip and I didn't actually use it that much on the road trip because um, it didn't like serve the right purpose for ca- my car and camping and all that stuff. Um, but what I did use it for was like. Holding all of the things that I didn't access very often. I don't know if this makes any sense, but like I had a bunch of things that I didn't need during my camping experiences, but I would use when I arrived at my parents' house. And I just fell in love with that bag all over again. So I, I did a whole video on it. I will link to that video if you're curious about this bag and how it ties into minimalism. It's incredibly well designed. And I, I thought that deserved uh, a little plug.
0: It's like, I don't know. This stillness and this opportunity, if we are going to have a national lockdown, as we mentioned, for the holidays, maybe it's an opportunity for us all collectively to face things that are really uncomfortable. Because if you think about all the distractions that have been stripped away at various points, sports, going out to movie theaters, live music, eating out at restaurants, which is coming back and forth and maybe going away again. And then also being able to see family and friends, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of distractions and things that we carry our bodies through this physical world doing. But I think by virtue of having all of these events and these actions stripped away um, or made less available to us, not that they're not completely, but the considerations involved, maybe it's just we get to sit with ourselves. And we get to sit with our painful thoughts. We get to sit with our uncomfortable thoughts. We get to sit with our addictions. We get to sit with our mental health issues. We get to sit with our shit, you know? And like, I, I certainly am taking this time to do that, to just sit with myself and see what comes up. And and to be honest, this might be for our next episode. He's like, Well, what's been coming up for you during quarantine? During this time to just sit and be with yourself? A lot, actually. It's too much because we're at the end of this episode, but I feel like Whitney, there's been a lot of stuff that I don't know. I don't know that I've been avoiding, but it's almost like life is like, you can't run from looking at these things anymore. You can't run from your material addictions. You can't run from your lack of self-worth, your lack of self-love, how much you beat yourself up. You can't lack, you know, you can't run from the dissatisfaction you feel in your career anymore. Like it's really hardcore. So I think if anything, yes, it's important to look for elements of comfort, whether that's food or connection right now. But I also don't want people to run away from doing the hard work. Because if you've got shit coming up in your life to deal with, you got to deal with it. Like This is not going to be a period where we just stuff it away and ignore it. So I'm saying that as a pep talk and a beacon of hope, because I certainly am going through my own mess of sorting through my emotions and perspectives on things. And if you are too, we always love to hear from you. You're not in this alone. We do this podcast partially to let you know what's going on in our lives, but to offer some hope that whatever you're struggling with, you're certainly not struggling with it by yourself. So, if you want to shoot us an email, our email is hello at welllevator.com. Again, spelled W E L L E V A T R.com. We're on all the social media networks. Uh, hello, and thank you to all the new followers on Instagram lately. We love you and welcome you. We'll be posting more content there soon. So, You can follow us on all the social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, Twitter. And then, of course, the show notes for all of the wonderful brands and resources we mentioned today are on our main website, which is wellevator.com. Again, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Go to the podcast section. It will take you to this episode and all of the previous ones if you want to binge your face off. So with that, dear friends, we always appreciate you getting uncomfortable with us, learning with us, growing with us, evolving, experimenting failing starting over the whole enchilada that makes this human experience what it is we thank you we love you we'll be back with another episode soon
1: thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today for show notes and more high performance resources to help you thrive go to wellevator.com that's w-e-l-l-e-v-a-t-r.com